0: Well we look looks like we're live on YouTube.
1: Holy moly, we did it.
0: Just gonna wait for an from the chat. Now oh, we got a, a member message that we might as well do now because it's probably getting pushed gonna off get the chat by the time we get to them, so we'll so we'll just do it now. Ollie Howlett who's been a member for three months on the credit level. Says the idea of binary moral choice by its very nature doesn't work, when apart from a few things, morality is not as simple as black and white, but a horrifying grey. Ooh, check out Mr. Edgelord over here. <laughs> but thanks for leaping straight to the nub of the matter for us. For... <laughs> straight to the nub? <laughs> for... Yeah, straight to the nub, that's a sentence. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that at all. Because, of course, in today's slide is Something Else, we're talking about choices matter and how it never does. I'm joined mm-hmm. by Marty Sleever. Hey, everybody. And Welcome. I'm, and I'm Yahtzee Krojaw. It says so down there. It does. That's right. S- Spelled right. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess it's, like many things, Dying Light 2 that brought us to this subject.
1: Because mm-hmm. yeah, uh, mm. you saw the game at, at its E3 presentation back, back in the four days when E3 existed, right?
0: I was about to bring that up, yes. Yeah, And I remember what a huge thing they made of the fact that you could make choices and your choices really matter because uh, whatever choice you make locks off certain parts of the map and opens up others so you can never explore the whole map in one playthrough. <laughs> a feature that was conspicuous in its absence from the eventual <laughs> release of Dying Light 2. Yeah,
1: it seems like uh, that game changed quite a bit in the uh, th- whatever two and a half three years since uh, what was first shown off at that E3, and it's especially funny for how, without going to spoilers, how uh, the mission they showed off at that E3, how late it ended up coming up in the actual Dying Light Two game.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was I was um, wondering
0: if if I made different choices, perhaps it would have been more like how it was in the in the E3 hands-off presentation but i guess apparently not
1: no no it
0: definitely seems like
1: something happened in development Like i I don't want to say that they were straight up lying in 2019 but i think the game got scaled in a different direction but i don't maybe you want to say they were straight up lying.
0: (laughs) no this is just the nature of the big money game development isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah what it's what is hyped three years before release may very Mm -hmm. much differ from what eventually comes out when, they, yeah. when you know, people figure out what didn't quite work and, like, maybe new management comes in and wants to uh, make a few changes to things. Also, but- the
1: idea of a decision in the game uh, uh, sort of segmenting off an entire portion of the map and thus entire portion of quests and characters and whatnot, um, that just seems extremely difficult and that doesn't seem like an ep- economic way to make a game?
0: Well, no, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense from an economic perspective, because obviously there's a lot of work goes into uh, making all of that shit. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, you know how AAA, in both the movies and the video games, really want to put the money up on screen. Which, Yeah. In many, and it- which in many ways gets to one of the main issues with uh, trying to sell... The concept of that your choice might massively change the game, because it almost certainly won't. Because, yeah, because you know, just as you say, it's just basic economics. They're not going to put all that work into making two completely different story threads.
1: Yeah, um, that's why yeah, I think in so many games, like? so many games that uh, uh, heavily promote their user choice and the sort of choose your own adventure of the games. Uh, it tends to be either small things or bits of dialogue or a sort of branch that ends up coming back in. And by the end, you're you're back railroaded down one or two, you know, very specific yes. paths.
0: Yes, which is no bad thing. You know, Deus mm-hmm. Ex did that. I think mm-hmm. uh, it used to be called String of Pearls game design. Yeah, so, that's right. Branches out and then back in. Branches out and then back in. But people always buy into the uh, the cell of uh, choices matter. It's probably why pe- people keep like bringing it up as like the new innovation that's really going to blow your mind, and then it just turns out to be another old oh, choices actually didn't matter. That much. The
1: yeah, generation. yeah, and that's almost uh, I I I think both of us have been doing this long enough to where when I hear about how much our choices will matter, I tend to sort of just drown that out as as background noise um because not only is that usually not the case in games Mm. but it doesn't bother me that much like i don't need my playthrough to be my playthrough and it needs to be different from from everyone else's because i paid money for this game like that's not something i I go into games for
0: well no quite i mean i think we're all just there for a good story and the problem with choices matter is that you end up with just uh two not so good stories and then you having to pick one because the effort had to be divided, in the best yeah. case scenario.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this, uh, the, I feel like the discussion over whether your your decisions in a game hold any weight and and ultimately amount to anything, has been going on for a really long time. I mean, I feel like this was it was a decade ago when Mass Effect three came out, and and more yeah. than a decade ago, I think, and and everyone was was up at arms about the ending not reflecting their whatever, 150 hours of decisions they made with their shepherd, one way or another.
0: There's got to be some uh, clever metaphor for this, but it's like if you don't tell the player uh, that it's a completely linear story that they won't have any choices in, they won't care. They're perfectly happy with the perfectly linear story. But if you do tell them, and you give them the usual results, then they get disappointed. It's like, (sighs) if you tell them you're doing it, they get disappointed, but if you don't, they don't care.
1: It's, yeah, it'd be uh, like if you woke up and and suddenly uh, there was a uh, uh, an extra thousand dollars in your bank account, and yeah. you were like, "Oh, that's great! I didn't expect this." But then suddenly, afterwards, you found out well, a bunch of other people got an extra fifty thousand dollars in their bank account, and all of a sudden, you're kind of angry at that ten thousand, even though you the ten thousand is still very nice. You should still yeah. just focus on that.
0: You know, ironically, the only cases in which choices do matter, although, you know, I kind of hate that phrase thinking about it, it's like saying choices have consequences. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, you you are making constant choice in video games. We are choosing to go this way, we're choosing to go that way. And the consequences, mm-hmm. you you are this way instead of that way.
1: Yeah, it, it's as basic as the, the medium itself of, of Pac-Man, of of the, the how you choose to navigate the maze or when you choose to, to activate a power pellet.
0: But the games where choices actually matter tend to be the ones where linear story is kind of a light touch. You know the big uh, uh, sprawling world thing. Even <laughs> you, even your stuff like Skyrim. Skyrim is a game where like two players could truly have two completely different experiences by go- yeah. by going in different directions and building different characters. Uh-huh. And they don't play up the, the 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 choices in the story thing because that's not where the choices are. The choices are in how you play, in, and uh, the choices are organic, if you like. The, story, yeah. the story-focused choices matter stuff is where it tends to get disappointing.
1: Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. And I think that was the the stumble that Telltale ended up running into with a lot of their sort of post-Walking Dead and, and Wolf Among Us games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that we've seen from a lot of Quantic Dream games, from, you know, Beyond Two Souls to, to uh, Detroit Become Human. And then even Lol. in, well... Uh, uh but then even in there's some games that kind of lean into the the silliness of it all like uh until dawn which like was mostly Mm. just a a schlocky choose your own adventure teen slasher but um i think they were sort of aware of the silliness of the whole butterfly effect thing
0: um i think so i think that's possibly a bit less the case in the follow-up to until dawn the uh um it, it was a bunch Eden. of them right man yeah. of medan and know, the dark pictures anthology dark
1: pictures it. anthology
0: yeah yeah man of Medan, or however you say that then mm-hmm. there was um little hope <laughs> why would you call your town that I mean everyone's <laughs> yeah. just, you know, what are we doing a thing <laughs> it feels like we're doing a thing <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is... Uh, it just seems like the, the entire town's doomed to fail at that point. Yeah,
0: and the last one I haven't played because, frankly, I've seen enough. But yeah, yeah. Until Dawn was uh, a bit more lighthearted with it and lent into the slasher horror thing, where mm-hmm. I think that sort of format kind of works because slasher horror is basically just a sequence of deaths. Yeah. And uh, you can play around with that in the interactive format you can try to do a run where everyone survives or you can try to do a run where everyone dies
1: yeah and there's even a an inherent like almost if you go to see one of those movies on an opening night you can kind of get the feeling that the audience wants to guide a character one way or another in those movies like Mm. a killer's chasing them and they run to the house and half the audience want them to run upstairs the other half want them to bolt out the back door and so you know turning that into the core mechanics of the game i I feel like actually kind of worked
0: yeah yeah. kind of control that dog shit but yeah, th- yeah. The theory <laughs> of sound.
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah you 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 touched on something earlier where um it seems like uh when i think of of choice in games that really meant something to me a lot of it is it's sort of like textual choices not contextual but mm. it's sort of the the little choices that ended up uh making it feel like an authored playthrough um like in anything from you know breath of the wild once you get off the great plateau you can go wherever you want in whatever order you want and and your adventure is your own and so yeah. it feels like it's kind of like the uh, uh the stories you tell your grandkids approach to to choice in games where where you can carve out your own adventure and i
0: really like that it's almost as if uh, the games that have the best like um, create-your-own-story sort of framework are the ones where mm. there's less story or the story is uh, less uh, up front. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, yeah, in- would- that's that's interactive narrative for you. Uh-huh. That's what I've always felt. Because the thing about um, heavily story-focused Choices Matter things, your Telltale model, your David Cage model, yeah, your Dying Light model, is that, What we're talking about here is basically multiple endings. (laughs) And um, a story sort of almost pivots around its ending. The ending is one of the most significant parts of a story structure. It's where everything's supposed to build up to. It's supposed to pay off everything. And if that ending is variable, then it's almost like the whole story is made of cellophane. Everything becomes thinner. Everything has to be... Uh, insipid you can't you know very firmly direct a story element just to be paid off in an ending because it might not get that ending
1: yeah it ultimately has to come from uh you know sort of more railroaded uh, uh linear cinematic games like you know something like the last of us which is able to i think uh it's able to circumvent those sort of problems that exist in games like uh like all those aforementioned games, or Life is Strange, or even like a a Bioware or Bethesda game by... uh, uh, everyone's going to experience these specific beats that ultimately culminate in this denouement.
0: I think a good example of this is in the Silent Hill series. Okay. Because, what's the best Silent Hill game? Two. Thank you. And uh, Silent Hill 2 has multiple endings, but... None of them change the fundamental story. None of them change uh-huh. the context. They're all just different ways in which James Sunderland redeems himself. Uh-huh. But if you look at other Silent Hill games like um, Silent Hill Homecoming and even Silent Hill Wandering, some of the endings completely recontextualize the plot. Like in some of the endings of Homecoming, it turns out you were in a mental asylum the whole time. Or in some of them, yeah. you, you were dying the whole time and it was a dying dream. And yeah. sometimes it's all straightforward. So then if you go through that game, you can sort of see that they're trying to set up all of those possible endings at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the end result is just... bland. It's just a flat plane.
1: Yeah. So, so in, in a game like Silent Hill 2, where yeah. there are choices, or or decisions that can be made to impact your ending. It's an interesting it's example ex-
0: actually cuz cuz you don't see the choices in Silent Hill 2.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's less like, you know, oh, a, a Mass Effect thing pops up and are you going to do the paragon yeah. or the renegade choice.
0: Yeah, pyramid head all remember you did that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't do that. It did, what you what happens is it tracks the way you play. <laughs> like if you take a lot of damage, you're more likely to get the suicide ending. If you like look at a specific thing that's related to uh, uh, suicide you're more likely to get the suicide ending if you're more yeah. uh, protected of your NPC support character then you get uh-huh. the ending that changes that yeah yeah
1: which feels more natural and it almost it feels like it's again a result of the way you are naturally playing the game as opposed to knowing like we, uh, when a big decision comes up in any game, it happens at Dying Light. you like, you know, this is a big decision. Like, mm. there's the telltale jokey thing of so and so will remember that. But yeah. like at at a pivotal moment in the game right now, you like you generally, it's almost framed the same way where there's like either a countdown or like you could hear sort of like an ambient tone in the background. Like, ooh, this is going to be important. I better yeah. choose who to give this electricity to the the yeah. shitty cops or the the starving
0: people. Yeah, Dying Light Two flat out uh, has like. Like it freezes, there's a little timer, there's little icons showing like a divided path. (laughs) They very much telegraph it. I think part of the problem with that sort of thing is if you show the character, if you show the player all the choices the character can make then it's almost like uh, it sort of takes something away from the character because if if you can see all the ways they could have, all the things they could have done, like laid out, if you you can see the working yeah. Then it feels like the character doesn't have much character at all. Yeah, you start
1: to see the sort of the storytelling machinations which uh, I, I feel like whenever you 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 start to see that in anything a book a a movie a TV show uh you, you it kind of takes you out of it or at least takes me out of it personally.
0: Yeah. And then when you can see all the different dialogue choices you could possibly make. Uh, yeah. in like a game with the dialogue trees that drive uh, like story branches, like Dragon Age or something, um, then it's hard to feel like any particular choice is yours. It's so like yeah. our character could literally flip on a dime and say any of these things at this point. So our character basically feels like they don't have any character.
1: Yeah, you could choose to knock out a reporter or you could choose to, to always take the high road. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting how some games handle it in the ways where it will tell you verbatim what your character it will say? Like these are the three sentences you can choose to hear the voice actor say, or other ones um, almost like uh, hinge on a specific mood. Like, mm. do you want to be gruff, or do you want to be sympathetic, or you know, do you do you want to be doubtful? Um, which again was I think that was almost something in like uh, you know, L.A. noir did that that mm. same way where you had uh, uh, you you were given a slight nudge of okay, I think this is what i want the character to say but then you didn't really know if that was exactly what they were going to do
0: i think it's uh a bit uh annoying to just constantly badger the player with the choice and if especially in something like infamous
2: mm-hmm.
0: like in infamous there's a game there's a game where with a very very binary moral choice system you can either do both bad things or you can do evil uh, good things and uh, whichever one you do changes what moves you can do, it changes what colour scheme you are, changes like where you look, changes a whole bunch of things. But mm-hmm. every, but there is no benefit to from not just sticking to one the whole way through. Yeah. There is no benefit at all. There's no benefit of going back and forth. There's, there was a game called The Suffering that had like a neutral ending where if you did go back and forth, but Infamous doesn't have that. yeah but every time you have to make a choice they still have to go through the motions of saying are you gonna do the good thing or the bad thing (laughs) you kind of like if you start grinding bad now you kind of missed out on your chance for the super special bad attack that you get if you're all the way bad yeah but the choice here's the choice
1: yeah i i I, i've grown to sort of roll my eyes at games that are so binary like that um you know, even like the old, uh, in the like Knights of the Old Republic, where you would make the Sith choice or the Jedi choice, or if, uh, in the uh, the Fable games, you'd you'd make positive choices and get a halo over your head, or in the negative choices and you'd get devil horns. So. Yeah, that
0: was a bit, bit bit on the nose, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So it's sort of like morality, but I don't know, like phony. Whereas uh, mm. I I like how in Dishonored. Uh, it's it's less those sort of choices and more uh, if you play as like a homicidal maniac and are killing everyone as opposed to sticking to the shadows and and trying to get through the game as quietly as possible, then the city is going to fill up with plague rats because there's, there's yeah. just too many bodies. Like this is a bad. There's gonna be plague rats, like creepy flies and everything, and and your actions have an actual impact on what is occurring in this world and and how you're interacting with it.
0: Yeah, I think people are wise to the good versus bad. Having no uh-huh. nuance thing, you know what it is these days. You know what the binary choice always is these days. It's fascists or nutters. Pretty much. I mean, that's
1: Dying Light had a lot of that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I bring this up in my reviews a lot, but it feels like every time you have to pick a side. Yeah, one side is fascists and one side is nutters. That's how it yeah. always is. Fascists meaning yeah. you know, very orderly, you know, very uh, police very lawful in D and D terms, but tend to be a bit strict. Bit restricting yeah. of liberties. On the other side, people who you know liberated, and do the, who uh, can do whatever they want, and like you know, tend to be tend to be the more likable characters. Yeah, but you know, are chaotic and things are more to go wrong. I think Dying Light yeah. Two makes the mistake as they don't really show any bad side of the nutters side of things. They, yeah, they show by- plenty of the bad side of the fascist side of things. Oh yeah, definitely not so much In of the-, the nutter side of things
1: and Dying Light 2 became interesting because uh for me the biggest choices in those game in Dying Light 2 is uh you hit a certain point and you're able to uh complete these kind of like uh puzzles that unlock either a, a water treatment plant or like an electricity plant mm. and you can give you can choose to give uh control of that plant to either the 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 fascist peacekeeper police or the nutty survivors hmm. uh, and I didn't care personally about th- either of them as characters but it was mostly okay if you give it to the police then you're going to have more combat options around the city and if you give it to the survivors you'll have more parkour and mobility options around the city Yeah, and I liked running yeah. around in that game so I just chose, I always chose the people because I was like alright I want trampolines and vents and all sorts of neat stuff like that
0: Yeah I make a similar point in my review tomorrow. Yeah, It seems a mistake to tie like the philosophical choice to a gameplay choice as well because mm-hmm. maybe i want to kill everything but i also want to be a nutter Funny exactly because i'm insane apparently <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah maybe i want better combat but i want to side with the nutters yeah yeah because um, it depends i guess it depends on how much you buy into the story maybe it's because i've been watching a lot yeah. of like uh speedrun and skill run videos lately but <laughs> a lot of people don't really engage with that level of things just go, I'm, no. gonna, I'm going to murder every NPC in Dark Souls because it means I can do my 100% consumables run.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, which is, you know, it's funny. It's, it's cool that games are able to, you're able to kick the tires mm-hmm. on them to that point to where, you know, someone can play a game so differently than you did, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, anytime you watch like GDQ or any speedruns, it feels like they're playing completely different games than, you know, even some of your favorites. Uh, Another the uh, another form of choice which which leans more into the sort of the consequence uh, aspect of it is in games that have uh, unit permadeath like uh, an XCOM game or even if you choose to play like Fire Emblem in in that sort of classic permadeath way to where, uh, again, it doesn't impact the story greatly. But like losing a specific character you really like in Fire Emblem, like I'm playing, th- I'm replaying Three Houses for the first time and playing it with permadeath. And like, if I lose a character I really like, I'm like, well, shit. Like, that was, yeah. that was pretty intense. Like, that, that's, that,
0: that's the, that means a lot. That's the emergent story, isn't it? That's the, yeah. That's yeah. the holy grail of interactive narrative, really, where mm-hmm. you, you can have a game that just, Randomly generate something that somehow the pl- and somehow creates an emotional connection between the player and that thing, which XCOM does perfectly, as you as you, yeah. you said. You get a yeah. soldier, and you know I used to think it was just you know uh, if your random soldier was just helpful to you from a gameplay perspective, they sort of you know you sort of automatically make connections to them as something to be relied upon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then you know there are some. NPCs you can get attached to even though they're not helpful at all. Like uh, Ashley from Resident Evil yeah. 4.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, XCOM does it does it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because they're like random generators. It's because like this is how Animal Crossing works, I think. Um because it gives you something that's only yours. Uh-huh. That nobody else has this particular random connect collection of things. Yeah. Then if you f- then you get a sort of automatic attachment to it. Like if if this goes away, there will never be another one like it. And it's, yeah, as it's,
1: opposed to like Joel protecting Ellie in The Last yeah. of Us, which is what everyone does when they play that game. Yeah, it's,
0: it's hard to pull off, but it's one of the things interactive narrative can uniquely do. Because as you say, if there's a fixed narrative like the Last of Us, then then you're going to be like, oh, you know, obviously this character is going to die now. They're one of the main characters. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jon Snow isn't going to die for reals. He's like the only protagonist left. Yeah. Yeah. But when, it's... but when, like you know, whether they live or not is entirely on you, uh-huh. because because they're not like a fixed point in the plot. That's the unique thing interactive narrative can do. So I think what we're learning here is that if you want, you know, a, a choices matter, plot, just don't have a plot.
1: Yeah. There you <laughs> yeah. go. There you go. We fix it. We fix video games. Yeah.
0: I mean, you get yeah, attached it, to your dog in Minecraft, and that yeah. that was randomly generated.
1: Uh, it's funny because that's it feels like uh, this is something that the 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 long rumored or long been working on Ken Levine game has been uh, trying to work on. As oh his God. he's he's always been harping on the idea of uh, narrative Legos, which is supposed to be like the next step of this. Which you know, if uh, maybe whenever that game comes out, that that. Will actually be a thing, but in my mind, I, I like can't wrap my head around that form of storytelling actually working.
0: No, I, you know, he's the he's an idea guy, and he had an idea, mm-hmm. and yeah, now execution has proved problematic. Yeah, how how could that work? I mean, unless you had a way to perfectly generate a narrative with an AI, which we don't presently. Yeah, at least not one that people find satisfying i know
1: there was a game uh it came out last summer i did not play it uh called wildermyth did you play that at all no okay it was in early access for a while it came out last summer on pc i think it might be coming to consoles uh, later this year but it's like a, a tactical role-playing game that has just a whole mess of of randomly generated uh storytelling that that is constantly shifting and altering depending on your decisions and uh which kind of characters you roll and then what they do and everything um and i've heard that was one of the games when that came out that the levine project almost looked at that and was like well shit they kind of did what we were trying to do on a smaller indie scale but actually finished the game
0: well i guess you can do a sort of random storytelling thing on if you're doing a sort of crusader kings thing yeah, Where, you know, you can have characters, you can have, like, their relationships, you can have uh-huh. random events, you can have stats, establishing what characters get on with what characters, and whether or not uh-huh. they're, like, strong-willed or whatever, and then generate consequences based on that. What you can't really do with that is emotional storytelling, like, as in cutscenes and dialogues and between the characters and stuff. You can, yeah. you can make a random list of events, like Dwarf Fortress. You say, this character just got syphilis. This character just got killed by this character. But you you only see the points on the graph. You don't get the the fluff that makes it a story, you know? Yeah,
1: like, it feels almost
0: like just Oregon Trail. Yeah, the scene, At point, you get the yeah. scenes between characters, the conversations that really sort of drive the energy in something like Game of Thrones, which we referenced earlier. we could like boil game of thrones down to a list of events and character interactions but you know half the fun of that show or that book before it went bad was just there's that hilarious sort of dialogue sparring between characters
1: yeah and if you just like you said if you just if you just try to boil it down to the plot, like if you tried to uh, just give a bullet point list of what happened in in, uh, Adventurer's Nigh in your first campaign, like Mm. that would sound, it would sound kind of dumb. Whereas like you need to like watch the storytelling and the interactions unfold in order to like really get the magic behind it.
0: That's how we get invested. We don't like a character because of the things we've heard them do. We like Mm -hmm. them from seeing them do things, from seeing the way they move, the way they act, the way they talk. That's how we get, attached. Yeah. that's how we get attached to characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, you know, absolutely right. And uh, it's funny but with the whole being attached to characters thing. One of the earliest examples I can remember of games of sort of having that idea of like, oh, there's like, people can play this game and different things can happen is in like early Super Nintendo RPGs and in games like Final Fantasy six and, even Chrono Trigger of the idea of uh, like missable party members, like optional party members, or you know in Chrono Trigger, uh, Chrono dies at, at a certain point in the game, and you can finish the game without him, or you can go on a side quest to to um, resurrect him. And I didn't, I just didn't know that playing the game because this was pre-internet, and so I had no idea as a kid that this was a thing that could actually happen. So um, it feels yeah. like games have been doing this for much longer than than just this. You know current discussion of the sort of yeah well, bethesda you can, model.
0: Some, yeah, you can have some very complex games back when graphics were fairly basic and a lot of things could yeah. be made with text like the ultimate yeah. games they, mm-hmm. they were hugely complicated games that you couldn't really do for, with like modern graphics because it would just be too much work mm-hmm. <laughs> actually quantum trigger has some great Invisible choices stuff early on. Do you remember that? Where um, yeah,
1: and it gets brought up in the the courtroom scene. Yeah,
0: the things you do, like a, like a, I think like there's a courtroom scene a little ways into the game where your actions at the start of the game are analyzed. Mm-hmm. Like at the very start, you bump into like the character who turns out to be the princess, and she drops her pendant. So your character uh, is is there fully controllable. And there's the princess on the ground, and there's the pendant on the ground. The which one you interact with first comes back to bite you in the ass. If you look out, if you like uh, pick up the princess first, then that reflects well on you. If you pick up the pendant first, then obviously you're just trying to steal her valuables, and that reflects yeah, poorly on yeah. you in the, in the trial.
1: Yeah, and then later in that same scene, she'll uh, uh, the princess runs to like go to like a candy stand and mm-hmm. look around at there. And if you just let her look around for like ten or fifteen seconds, she'll say like "All done, thanks for giving me time to look around." But if you try to interact with her during that, it comes back as like "Oh, you were being like uh, kind of like a bully to her when she was just wanted to look at the candy stand."
0: Yeah, and uh, there's kind of choice where it's not like a a binary choice or in a dialogue choice. It's, yeah, it's analyzing the choices based purely on you know the organic standard yeah. uh, game controls.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that worked <laughs> really well, especially you know what, twenty five years ago. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, which we have Persona art in our thumbnail, and so we are legally obligated to bring up Persona. Yeah, I is, uh, why they put that on there. It's because Persona is wonderful. Uh, so uh, Persona is uh, without going to spoilers, Persona is four and five. Uh, both have sort of moments where if you don't make a right decision seventy five hours in the game fifty hours into the game, uh you are ultimately cut off from from seeing the end game content from from sort of finishing yeah. the final act uh and in especially in four, like the choices you have to make aren't super obvious yeah you know you have in, to make... in five it's it's a yeah. little more obvious, but not in four
0: there's a whole dialogue scene in four where you have to very specifically pick certain dialogue lines or else you get the bad ending and yeah uh, yeah that's a weird case and yeah s- <laughs> not necessarily a good example of how to do it
1: yeah it makes more sense in five because in five it's ultimately not in royal but in five proper it's ultimately like do you throw your characters under the bus or do you you know keep quiet and you're like well of course yeah. this character would keep quiet like he wouldn't throw his friends under the bus that's that's not something my hero would do
0: no no
1: sorry what was the point (laughs) uh oh the idea of uh this so there's decisions in four and you don't necessarily know that oh if i make this one choice down the line i'm going to be cut off on a lot of stuff so it's like it's a less telegraph decision than say uh like the dying light ones
0: well that's choices matter in the sense that if you make the wrong choice you basically get a game over yeah yeah that's always a matter in the sense that you chose to dodge the wrong way and now you've been killed in dark souls
1: it, yeah yeah or like a, you hit you hit the wrong button in a qte and
0: because let's face it the, the bad end end, gets
1: switched.
0: let's face it the bad ending is very frequently just the non-standard game over especially if it's a bad ending you get for not having done everything like in symphony of the night yeah yeah that's a good point yeah, yeah i guess simply that, that
1: that's another prime example of like you know you, you can ostensibly finish the game by murdering richter and being like well I guess that was my adventure.
0: Yeah, a, yeah. Note. I mean, that's that—that that is an ending. Yeah, like maybe that's enough for any present speedrunners, but probably yeah. not for whoever was designing the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I've been playing that uh, not for broadcast game lately. <laughs> that uh, just oh quite, yeah, Just Qua Phil Youngs I think. Yeah, how is that? I'm enjoying it so far. I probably have more to say uh, when I'm finished with it. Yeah, but it's very much just to be going for that papers please sort of level of choices matter, uh-huh. Where most of the gameplay is like a sort of work based skill challenge, but there's a story going on in the background that you occasionally can mess with in very specific ways. Yeah, yeah. As I say, you know, maybe that's the way to do it. You know, keep the storytelling away from like the primary gameplay loop. Then, yeah, then I, feel, then... I feel
1: like it takes a very adept hand to be able to, to merge those together.
0: Well, yes, Lucas Pope is very good at what he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: So you go to uh, Super yeah, Chats? Then... Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, go oh. to Super Chats. I'm, I'm sure I could, I'll could. i bring yeah. up my point. I'm sure these else. will drive the discussion a bit. Absolutely. So SBS Guru 2000 gives five euros to say, of course choices matter. They directly influence what kind of colour your ending cinematic is tinted with. Oh, I think someone's still bitter about Mass Effect 3. or possibly eternal darkness uh oh that's a lot look at that there's a lot of different endings with a little different color at the end yes uh zem the mattress gives five dollars to say hey guys i can't watch live but i'd love to hear you both try to say which wristwatch is the swiss wristwatch as fast as you can well i just well i just did it so over to you marty uh
1: which wristwatch
0: is a Swiss wristwatch? Nope. Oh, didn't say that one right. That's almost hard. Got it. That, almost oh, got a it. tongue twister. Yeah. Well it is a tongue twister.
1: That's too Zen Zen, that's cruel. It's cruel for you to leave that there and then to just say I'm not gonna watch live, but like I'm gonna make you suffer.
0: Which wristwatch is the Swiss wristwatch? Too hard. That's too which hard. Which wristwatch is the Swiss wristwatch. I don't like this. Which wristwatch is the Swiss wristwatch. You know, I think the key to it is to focus on the primary loop of talking. Just focus on the current consonant. Okay.
1: this Is, is this like a speedrunning video? How can you speedrun yeah. the
0: sentence? <laughs> yeah. How to any percent tongue twisters.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You keep caught through the environment to get to the end of the sentence.
0: Mick Spad gives $5 to say, not a question, but I really wish the moral system didn't bog down Infamous 2, because other than that system, the game is fantastic. I know, I really like that game. Yeah. Uh, for all its faults. I think... Um, that's an interesting example, because we said, you know, if you split the storyline, the result is a weak source storyline. But I think both the endings of that game were kind of moving in their own way. One of them, uh, they're both sort of uh, tragic and emotional in their own yeah. way. Yeah,
1: and I liked the core framing of Infamous too a lot, of the whole idea of the the beast is coming. Yeah, what's and, going
0: on? To- What's kind of a nice touch about Infamous 2 is that there's characters who sort of represent different moral sides where you can side with this character who's like the evil character or Uh you can side with the character who's the good character but for like the ending sequence they switch sides. So the the person who's always been bad suddenly, you know, this is too far for them but the person who's always been good like suddenly becomes, you know, lawful evil all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of dumb but interesting in its own way. Mm -hmm. Sort of yeah, what makes absolutely. the ending, the the two endings, kind of impactful for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're still talking about the endings, whatever, fifteen years later, then they probably did something well.
0: That guy, you know, gives five dollars to say I make terrible choices all the time. I just want to play a game where I make the little computer people happy and I feel useful. That's
1: that's just a, a very real s- sentence. Yeah. I, I I love that.
0: Yeah, I'm a sucker for the little computer people. I always like feel bad about making them feel bad. And I guess I'm just, you know, a pushover, because all the way playing through Dying Light 2, I I've made choices based on who was currently asking and if it would disappoint them. (laughs) Because I just didn't want to break their little hearts in front of them. I just didn't want to make
1: TV's Rosario Dawson sad. so whatever whatever made Rosario Dawson happy.
0: I didn't even know that game had actors in it, because you never can, can you? You can never tell. No, no. Uh, Gattis vibulis gives €5 Euro to say, Hi there, I made the choice to consume more escapist content after finding the channel through ZP videos, and it's great. Keep up the good work. Gattis. thank you so much. Well, that's good that's to hear. Gatis Viboulis, thanks for the money. The Spawn Camp gives $10 to say, I think there is a definite want to emulate the freedom players get from TTRPGs. I know when I was messing around with RPG Maker, I was trying to add as many dialogue options as I could. Well, that's never going to happen, is it? Yeah. It's like trying to make a video game based on improv theater.
1: Is that what Jack's going to work on? Is Jack going to make that?
0: Sure, he will kickstart it and then work on it for twenty years and then put out some <laughs> interesting. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, ultimately, like you know, the, the, isn't it imitation that breeds creativity? That kind of that kind of thing. So if you. Yeah. Try, try to make the everything game ultimately you're kind of yeah. going to stumble in that respect
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of games that try to sell themselves saying this is a game where you can do anything but it's just not feasible i mean yeah obviously the, it's going to be tied to some kind of primary loop that it, obviously you can't do everything obviously you can't move to tanzania and become a <laughs> ice cream salesman yeah it's, yeah,
1: and it worries me because uh, uh, that happened with like No Man's Sky leading up to its release. I feel yeah. like between what the developers promised and what, what people got their hopes up for, no game can ever match that. It feels like yeah. we're going to have the same thing later on in the year with Starfield. People are like, this is it. I can, in a Bethesda game, go to any planet ever and do whatever I want.
0: It's a dumb promise. Yeah. It's always going to be objective-driven in some way you can't just do whatever you want because that would be dumb so stop so stop you know getting excited when people promise it you're dumb plebs because you know you're only gonna like a game that really focuses on something really well yeah this is why you don't ask people what they want because this is the kind of shit they say they want and then that's never what they want people don't know what they want they want the next big thing and no one knows what the next big thing is
1: The only game you're allowed to be excited about is the new Kirby game because he can fish in that game. So there you go. That's that's something that's never been done before in games.
0: What is with that? Just adding a fishing mini game to every game. I don't. I don't. Is that like a Japanese thing? But I guess it's not even Japanese games that do it. I don't yeah, know. Fishing okay. is just a big thing. Know, everyone likes. You know, fishing isn't just a Japanese thing. I mean, it's a survival yeah. thing in some places. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's it's weird. Gives you, because it gives you something to do, other than swim in the water.
1: That's true. Yeah, it's like a zen. Like I guess in real life, it's like a zen sort of a moment of of contemplation.
0: Maybe it just goes along with the the uh, hunter gatherer crafting element that every game has now.
1: Yeah, that's a good point too. Because
0: it presents a way to get a certain resource. I don't
1: know. Who knows.
0: Zaratha gives $10, R oh, he says in the in the comment what it is, holy moly, <laughs> finally call one of these live, I love the show and work you all do every week, cheers from Rio de Janeiro, and in case you don't know what currency is this, it's the Brazilian real, thanks Zaratha. Yeah, thank you so much Zaratha. Scavenger gives $10 to say how much mattering counts as mattering? Stardew has the big choice, along with waifu and daily choices, or the Indiana Jones Atlantis game had partner wits or fists paths for story and cutscene. Well, as I say, it depends on how much you've bought into it yourself emotionally. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I
1: imagine there's someone who's gonna play Dying Light 2 and like really be stressing over like oh man, like am I making the right decision? Like like you yes. know who are really invested in these characters.
0: Will I disappoint? Will interest, lady? Will I lose the chance of sex scene with Love Interest Lady? Is there a sex scene with Love Interest Lady? I don't know. There might be, if we make exactly the right choices. And then we might Mm -hmm. see some side knockers.
1: (laughs) Classic side knockers.
0: Yeah, Indiana Jones Fate of Atlantis was a weird example. Because, again, uh, you make a choice without the game telling you you're making a choice. And then it changes like a load of puzzles and gameplay throughout the course of the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, that's somehow that's that's one of those one of that eras of uh, adventure games I didn't play I don't know how, because I love Atlantis and I love Indiana Jones.
0: Well I'd recommend it then. Yeah, it feels like it has all those things. If you like both those things. <laughs> yeah. The Spawn Camp gives five dollars to say I do think character choice is kinda of neat from a philosophical sense. You and some buddies can talk about what you guys would have done. Well, there's a limited conversation if there's a very limited number of things you can do, I suppose. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, it's interesting in the way that I like talking to someone about a game we both played and hearing stories that are way different than what I did. Um, yeah, I was kind of hope I was hoping that from Dying Light Two, and so far I haven't really talked to people who've played it that much different than I did.
0: It's you know the water cooler conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all got
0: out of something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, People mentioning Spec Ops: The Line in the chat, which is a good another good example of untelegraphed choices. Sometimes, yeah, they, they where they pretend it's a binary choice, but really it isn't. Like, there's a bit in that game where you're walking down a road, and there's like two guys dangling from a bridge. And the evil voice in your ear says, you have to pick one to kill. One of them Mm -hmm. was uh, someone who stole bread for their starving family. And the other one was the soldier who shot the starving family because of orders or something. So you have to pick the one that's most guilty. What the game doesn't tell you is that you can shoot one. You can shoot the other. You can shoot both. You can shoot neither. You can shoot Uh the ropes holding them up. Or you can shoot the snipers who have got guns trained on them.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, Spec Ops is one of those games that's literally about the discussion we are having, which yeah. is, I think, what what makes it such an interesting game. Still, ten years later, to to talk about because so few games, especially in the AAA space like that, have ever dealt with the yeah. actual concept of choice and decision and agency in that same way. That game's great.
0: Yeah, there's another choice where like some angry villagers are trying to fight you, and you can either and get someone one of your sport counters saying shoot them. Yeah, And it's presented as either shoot them or don't. But uh, I'm very proud to admit that, that I discovered that you could also just shoot into the air. And that scares and them, scare them Yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. That was my instinct, and it paid off. Yeah. Let's crack him. Everyone should go back and play that. You can also just punch one of them in the face, and they run away if you do that as well. See,
1: that seems good, too. Let me punch people in the face more in games. Yeah, like in Mass Effect.
0: Yeah, exactly. Set that as a permanent button. punch in the face yeah actually uh digressing a bit but there's one thing i liked about a game from my worst game list last year which was Mm -hmm. werewolf the apocalypse earthblood which has a lot of which has a lot of bullshit immersive sim stuff where uh you you can like violence your way through the scene or Mm -hmm. you could like uh do some side quests to get some fetch fetch some stuff for a character and then they'll let you through anyway but one thing I quite liked is that throughout every conversation throughout that whole immersive sim sequence, there's just this permanent turn into a werewolf now and kill everything button. Great. And at any point yeah. in the middle of in the middle of conversation, if you just get pissed off, you can just go, ah, I'm bored, turn into a werewolf yeah. and kill everyone.
1: Break and, break glass to werewolf.
0: And I did appreciate that. Dying Light too could have used that button. Yeah.
1: I could've I, w- I would have liked to turn into a monster every once in a while.
0: Will Cooling, member for twenty-two months on bonus content level, gives. I think fighting or sports games have the most interactive narrative because you have such freedom as to who you play as and how you play as them. You know, there's an argument for fighting games being one of the few examples of a true uh, non-linear narrative. Yeah, because that, because like, because there's no fixed narrative in those games. Uh unless it's one of those fucking nether realm fighters with the the whole story campaign where yeah (laughs) but if it's like the classic example of fighting game where you pick a fighter to play as then you fight a bunch of hot dudes and then you get their specific ending yeah that's that's almost perfect like non-linear storytelling because it doesn't even like pick a protagonist you get to pick the protagonist and any character could work as the protagonist yeah, I think
1: that's that's absolutely true. And those, uh, especially the earlier like you said, of fighting games before they really got bogged down into an actual story mode, um, mm-hmm. really handled that well.
0: Although I do sort of appreciate the Nether Realm story modes because they're always really dumb.
1: They're dumb, and yeah, I think yes. they know they're dumb, which is which is my favorite thing.
0: They're dumb in a fun way. Yeah. Dave Dublank gives five uh, Canadian dollars, I think, to say, on the topic of multi-endings, could that work with one overarching theme for the ending, as you mentioned for Silent Hill 2? Choices should be subtle, in my opinion. Well, yeah, that's precisely what I said Silent Hill 2 did. It, yeah. Uh, it ma- maintained the theme and the tone of the plot, uh, but mm-hmm. still had multiple endings, because it was just about how, that, how the main character sought redemption in the end. Yeah, I think
1: some of the Life is Strange games handle that ish in the same way, although those are much more sort of, you know, choose yeah. your own adventure, you know what you're, you know, this decision's going to have a consequence kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's good for a story to have a theme. Yeah. And a lot of badly written video games don't really have a consistent theme.
1: Yeah, and it would be like I I can't imagine a game working where one ending would be a a tragedy and one ending would be a comedy and yet both feel
0: well, quite
1: fulfilled, you know, and and
0: natural. Silent Hill Homecoming again. It was actually possible to get the UFO ending on your first playthrough in that game. That
1: would be that would just be very strange if you thought that was the only ending to the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because the point of the UFO ending was you could never get it on your first playthrough in your classic science yeah. games because it was the joke ending, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Atomic Lemon gives five dollars uh, euros rather to say one of the best examples is Mass Effect Two. Your choices and how prepared you are determines if squadmates will survive the final mission. Yeah, that's a uh-huh. pretty good. That's a pretty good example.
1: Yeah. Of- yeah, and it kind of feeds into that idea of the the kind of the permadeath idea that we brought up with, uh, you know, stuff like XCOM and, and uh, Fire Emblem, which I think mm-hmm. that's a, especially once you've invested, you know, for some of those characters, two games worth of time with, um, yeah, it can mean a lot.
0: Uh, Rendworth, who's been a member for 19 months on Early Access, Ooh. says, what separates defined routes from Choices Matter? Well, I think that's just a semantic question, Rendworth, and I think we've established Choices Matter is kind of bullshit, and when it's brought Mm -hmm. up usually just as like a gimmicky selling point that turns out just isn't really uh, choices matter, it's just as you say, defined roots. Yeah. Yep, I'd agree with that. Scavenger gave us $5 to say, how do you balance choice with spirit of the game? If you start Zelda hoping to choose to make Link a fighter pilot, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, video games are always going to be objective-driven. Mm-hmm. You can alter the motive a player brings into an, uh, the reason why they're doing things. You can have the characters always doing the same thing, but they change the motive for why they're doing it.
1: Yeah. Or a lot of it's, you know, it's up-up it's the, the sort of the flavor texture of... of everything surrounding the main story because everyone's breath of the wild is going to end with, uh, assuming you finish the game of, of link defeating calamity Ganon and, and, saving Zelda. Yeah. But it's all the rest of the bullshit of how you got there. Like you can mainline, right. To, to Hyrule castle, if you want and try to beat the game in hard mode, or you can go to each of the four divine beasts, but which order do you go in? And, and the order impacts how easy and the methods you implement to defeat the, the following ones. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Also, Skyward Sword, technically, he's kind of like a fighter pilot because you fly on birds and they have weapons. So there you go.
0: I guess it's a primary loop versus broad experience thing. Because whatever yeah. path you take in Breath of the Wild, you're never going to be not twatting things with sticks everywhere you go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Ragnarok 2KX gives 100 MXS, uh, MX dollars, Mexican, possibly? No. Yes? I don't know. Pyre made me choose to lose a match and keep the result for storyline reasons. That was crazy in retrospect. Have you played Pyre? Yeah, that's a good game. Yeah,
1: that's a great game. And that storytelling, those choices, like that is a game where the choices are like incredible, actually. By the developers
0: of Hades, incidentally.
1: Yeah, that's their game. They did uh, Bastion, Transistor, uh, Pyre, and then Hades. They've always
0: been good at pushing the envelope when it comes to interactive narrative. Mm-hmm. not so much on the gameplay side of things
1: uh no no because i mean yeah pyre is like ultimately like a weird yeah, like
0: it's a weird basketball ball game yeah. <laughs> which i enjoy but it's yeah. just like what what are we doing here but well, they've, um, really, they've always done really the voice on really good storytelling and usually very sexy sounding voice actors oh yeah absolutely. So there's always at least one voice actor who sounds like they're very sexy in person
1: what if it turned out they were all the same person? It's just the the one sexiest so that, person that, of all time. That
0: That's... person would get a lot of sex, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, the thing about Pyre and those decisions that I think are so great is yeah. uh, the more you use a character, the the more they level up and the better yeah. they you know become in these these sort of spiritual basketball games that you're playing. Uh, but once characters hit a certain level, at the end of specific matches every character ultimately wants to leave this sort of purgatory and, and ascend to whatever's next. You can choose which of your characters to ascend. So in theory, you know, the character you've grown closest to, you have to choose whether you want to give them what they want and to, to ascend and ostensibly leave your game. Yeah. That means that you'll no longer be able to use them in battle.
0: That's what I loved about that story. Basically you have to pick a character to die Mm -hmm. or as good as die because you never get to see them again but yep. you know in doing it you save them you rescue yeah them. and then the big sucker punch later on is that you start playing the game thinking like oh we'll just keep doing this until we've saved everyone mm-hmm. and then it goes oh whoops it turns out you can't save everyone so the people you've been yeah. holding back never get to be saved you bastard
1: yeah yeah it's a
0: really good game yeah. everyone check mm-hmm. that out wonderful game mm-hmm. uh Eduardo Felipe was that the next one? Yes, that was the next one. Yeah. Eduardo Felipe gives 10,000 PYG to say dungeon AI can generate fully formed narratives. AI dungeon, rather, I think you mean. Yeah. Yeah, but... (laughs) Are they good? Like, is there something
1: that needs to be handcrafted
0: about these stories? I mean, they can very frequently be very funny. It's it's a lot of fun to talk about the, the stuff AI dungeon spat out. Yeah, but uh, you know, you'll never beat a craft a narrative crafted to drive a specific emotional response. Yeah,
1: as AI, much as I think people are trying to to figure out a way to do that, I, I just I can't imagine it. AI just
0: has, AI just doesn't have that heart. I need to go nope. visit the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, there you go. Ragdolls to Richards gives five dollars to say look up sacrifice by shiny five different gods you can work for. You can be faithful, play politics, flip sides, mid level story plays out dynamically. Well, I never played that, but I guess I'll take your word for it.
1: I'm assuming the game is called Sacrifice by a developer named Shiny, and the game's not called Sacrifice by Shiny. No, no which no. Sacrifice
0: Shiny was the uh, developer behind uh, Mdk, oh, right. I think. That's
1: right. That was ooh. This was
0: 21 years
1: ago. 22 years ago. Oh, yeah, that is no the past.
0: No. Holy moly! And before they made Mdk, they made the Earthworm Jim games.
1: Well, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not a we don't we don't need to brag about that. They also made the Matrix Path of Neo. So oh yeah, that
0: were... were a great memorable part of the Matrix yeah. canon
1: that everyone loved. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, MDK. I haven't thought about MDK in a very long time. That character design scared me as a child. I did not like yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that was a weird but memorable game. Yeah. Space Solar gives five euros to say, never get a chance to catch these live. Here, have some money for all the times I didn't. Thank you very much, Space Solar. Yeah, thanks. That means a lot. Sam Stone gives $9.99 to say, Disco Elysium's approach seems to find a good balance. Everyone says I pronounced that wrong. Disco Elysium? Disco Elysium? Elysium?
1: Uh, I've heard heard it Elysium.
0: Let's say Elysium. Disco Elysium's approach seems to find a good balance. Choices change the character of the moment-to-moment internal monologues while still allowing the game to focus on a single narrative. Well, yes. But that game's crazy well-written and most developers aren't going to be that talented i'm afraid
1: yeah yeah but that is a sam that's a perfect example of of a game that handles it And it's almost like it does the what i keep talking about with breath of the wild of you can go anywhere you want and explore and do what you want but it does that all internally inside of the character's head which is just wild yeah. like that's some next level stuff
0: yeah unless you rolled the wrong character and died trying to get your tie down from the ceiling fan at the start of the which game is, which is also very funny yeah which is the fact that they thought of that is perfect. Yeah. Daniel Thron gives $5 to say choices should be totally invisible. Seeing the animatronics under the mask kills the illusion. We are making the story feel real, not the game. I tend to agree, yeah. Daniel Thron.
1: Yeah, I agree too. Also, if you want to see a game with animatronics under the mask, check out Five Nights at Freddy's. Horror in the Pizza Palace, or whatever the game last week was called.
0: Security Breach is called. <laughs>
1: security Breach. Which some people, was,
0: which I saw a comment somewhere saying, might have been ripping off uh, the SCP Foundation sort of air. Okay. Trying yeah. to trying to evoke that sort of feel. Interesting. Yeah. But yes, it's a fair bad game. Security Breach. Yeah. <laughs> just, just watch my stream and you'll see why. <laughs> hey, you got out of the playpen. I'm proud of you. Yes. But yeah. uh, if I had my way, I would never have gone back to that place. <laughs> uh, Clutch45 gives side dollars to say, what about a game with player choice and dynamic dialogue run by live DMs like live D&D? Well, sure, if you could swing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the ultimate like uh, communal uh, storytelling, right?
0: High subscription cost to pay the DMs, but maybe worth it. Well, that's just D&D then, isn't it? I mean, are you saying a yeah. video game with that? Like, you've gotta, also got to have a room full of programmers, like feverishly setting up whatever choice you just made?
1: Yeah, that almost seems like a game that exists in, like, a, a movie about games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, that's, if, if like, this true sort of branching storytelling absolutely comes from sitting down and playing D&D with a group of friends.
0: Meister Kleist, the heist-air, give us five euros to say, has the word combinatorial explosion been mentioned yet? For each real choice, you add the amount of required content rises exponentially. Well, yes, that's why most games just did the fake choices matter and just did the string of pearls choices matter. Thing. Is that a
1: real term? I really like that term.
0: Well, it's just combinatorial ex- explosion. Well, it's just exponential uh, growth. Sure. I, I know. I've just
1: never, I've never heard it used in that way. I love it. I think that's great. Uh, yeah. And that's absolutely the thing is once you, if if your decisions actually matter, the game then gets more and more complicated and bigger and more expensive and harder to make
0: The Spawn Camp gives $5 to say, any hey Yahtzee, any chance that Starstruck Vagabond will have a Linux port? Well, it wouldn't be one I made if it did I'm hoping to maybe work with a publisher at some point down the lines, so maybe they'll know someone Nice Sarah and SH46 gives 200 rupees, I think, to say, Hello, I've been a Yahtzee fan since I played the mythos games in 2006. I even tried to write fan email as a 12 year old. Thanks for all the fun years introducing me to Marty and Jack. You're welcome, Sarah and sh 46. Oh, you're very welcome. I want to know what you mean by tried to write fan mail. You've officially known me longer than my wife.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> Also, if you can find any of that fan mail, please uh, uh, find it and uh, uh, read it or write it in the chat. I would, I would love to see that. I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> Kebukai Kimono gives five euros to say, there are games lately that give you options, but the story progresses as if you said both, like Fate Stroke Grand Order. Isn't that like standard like- design in a lot of Japanese games where they you pick one of two dialogue options? I think most recently I was playing like the new Pokemon Legends game. Oh yeah, Oca- and occasionally that you choose one or two bits of dialogue, and it literally matters for shit which one you pick.
1: A hundred percent, yeah. I don't know why and the characters if... barely even react to it, too. Like you can yeah. give like the asshole response or the nice hero response, and you don't really get any feedback from that.
0: I don't know if there is some you know uh, best practice design document that discovered that this is this even like the illusion of dialogue choice uh, creates emotional attachment on the player's part somehow yeah
1: or if a conversation is long enough that like oh, we should throw in something interactive here so that they don't fall asleep because oh, sometimes yeah. if i'm playing a game and i really don't care about the story i'll be jamming through a conversation and then it'll be like so yes or no and i'm like well shit i definitely wasn't listening to the context here <laughs> like i hope this choice isn't important
0: yeah i've been worrying about that Uh, related to Star Trek: vagabond actually because i've been working on the story campaign i recently made the decision to remove a starting choice from the game where you choose what ship to start with you choose whether you get the one that's a little bit faster or the one that's got more storage space and i decided Mm -hmm. i think you should just start with the slowest ship with the smallest storage space so we can emphasize upgrading the ship as you go along better yeah and but uh, that left me with like this really long conversation without the choice in the middle of it So I was like, okay, I'm going to break up that conversation with like a little pause where we see like the money disappear from your account.
1: Okay, there you go. So something happens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's not just dialogue. It's not just shot reverse shot, as they would say in films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh Skillerboy 333911 gives $20 to say I'm not certain if it's been looked at yet but would you all ever look at the difference in perspective between reviewers and consumers, i.e. 500 hours a game is bad for a reviewer but good for someone that can only buy one game Well, I think I frequently brought it up that there is sort of a divide between reviewers and consumers because I have to play mm-hmm. every game and uh, you know the standard AAA blandness bores the shit out of me these days because we see it <laughs> so often but most people will only buy one of them, so it, they think it's fine. So, who the fuck do we think we're representing?
1: Yeah, but it's hard. We can't write a review to be like, well, this wasn't, I didn't enjoy this, but if you have unlimited time and limited yeah. money, then this is going to be great for you.
0: Yeah, there's, Ultimately, no, there's no way for us to discover that a game gets really good if you play it solidly for six weeks no
1: exactly exactly and ultimately playing through both of us played through Dying Light for review and obviously that's that whole 500 hours thing was just like a probably a well crafted marketing beat that was free for them because it got people talking about the game a few weeks before release um, because obviously the game is not 500 hours to complete no Uh,
0: saru sarau gives 100 euros uh, rupees to say listening to these podcasts has helped me greatly improve my craft as a writer thanks for the great content oh you're welcome Zaru, that's incredible to hear you should watch my dev diary series there you go i talk a lot about the nature of creativity as well as uh and not just straight game design in that Mm -hmm. Connor o'brien gives ten dollars to say fallout new vegas you can't talk about choices affected the ending without giving it a shout out at least okay fallout new vegas there that was it (laughs)
1: I don't even have you on camera, but I bet you did this. I bet you did the shout out thing where you put I, your hands yes, yes, put your hands I, over your mouth. I absolutely yeah. did that. Yeah, I think the the Fallout games, uh, especially like three in, in New Vegas, tend to handle decisions better than um, or uh, put more weight on moral decisions than something like Skyrim or Oblivion did. So, yeah, it will be curious to see what Starfield, what side of the line Starfield sits on.
0: Slow Descent member for three months on credit, gives choice doesn't matter because AAA gloss takes time to make and it all has to be displayed to the player in a single playthrough and not in any way where the player has to use their imagination. Yeah, basically. Thanks for summarizing. Yeah, Yeah, that's why,
1: you know, in in a game like Pyre, Pyre was like a, a, so much of it felt like a visual novel. So um, they were able to have choices with like meaningful consequences because they didn't have to render a a, a 4K 3D scene full of action.
0: well, Well, quite hmm Alpha Nun gave us $5 to say, just curious, did you guys ever play Into the Breach, brought to us by the lads who made FTL? It's not a story-focused game, but the core loop excels. I did try it out because I liked FTL so much, but it mm-hmm. was a very different gameplay experience and it wasn't really my thing.
1: I I actually really liked it because I like sort of uh bite-sized tactics games like that, um, like like advanced wars and everything, and I'm a big sucker for mechs. So yeah.
0: I'm I'm just ch- bad at tactics.
1: I'm not. I'm definitely not good at tactics, let me tell you. Playing through this, this like I've played through Fire Emblem Three Houses several times and then doing a permadeath run now, I'm like, oh, I'm still bad at this game. I've put hundreds of hours in this game and I'm still dog shit at it. So. I
0: like the kind of tactics where the one of the tactics you can use is just grind up for several hours and then smash the shit out of anything with no effort.
1: Yeah, A plus tactics right there.
0: Kurt Horsting gives $20 to say, I think the main advantage of emergent gameplay is that it has the most variables for things to be different. You could have a thousand players play Dark Souls completely differently, but everyone's stuck with the two <laughs> endings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people always focus on, like, multiple endings, but, you know, who the fuck cares? It's the yeah. ju- it's the journey that matters, not the destination. I mean, espe- I
1: think especially in a, in a FromSoft game, because, yeah, like, man, yeah. I do not think about the endings of any of those games. Like, I, I think about all the... No,
0: no. Everything well, that happened yeah. from beginning to end. Every FromSoftware game's endings suck. You only, yeah. What you remember is the uh, getting into a boss fight with a gigantic fuck-off monster and pissing mm-hmm. your pants when they first yeah. appear.
1: Also usually by the time I get to the ending on my first playthrough I don't know what these games are about and then I have to watch a Vati video to tell me okay this is what Dark Souls 2 is about thank yeah. you thank you Vati
0: thank you for telling me what the game is about link the fire or don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like warmth I guess I'll do Thanks. that well uh, that
0: aha, that's where you that's where you fucked up <laughs> oh no cuz the better ending is always to don't
1: yeah cuz the world sucks from yeah. software
0: uh saran sh46 gives 200 rupees to say could exercising restraint in providing choices make them more meaningful games like fallout the outer worlds don't you feel like i'm missing half the game if i'm not doing multiple playthroughs yeah what's the alternative i mean it's like the infamous thing where the choice only comes up now and again
1: yeah i I think that's almost like
0: a as opposed to the fallout thing where it's constantly throwing out choices but only a few of them actually do anything
1: yeah, and I guess you kind of just have to, like, come to terms with the fact that if you like these genres of games, you're going to have to say either, okay, I'm going to play once and no I missed out on a bunch of stuff, or dedicate several playthroughs to try to see everything.
0: Yeah, another thing that makes games annoying to review. Yeah. How do you know you saw all the good bits of Skyrim and after playing it for, like, ten hours? yeah the
1: idea that if i would put enough time to finish a game and then someone would tell me oh you weren't able to see the best part of it i'd be like well why why didn't they let me why didn't they show me the best part of it like (laughs) they should have just
0: had me play that lead with your best foot after all yep absolutely rendworth give us five dollars to say what's the funniest choice you weren't aware the game was asking you dragon's dogma's way of picking your love, love interest caught me completely off guard I wasn't aware Dragon's Dogma picked a love interest for you. How does it do that? Oh,
1: I played Dragon's Dogma. And I I don't remember that. Oh, it must have been
0: very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that was ten
1: years ago, and I I forget things very easily. Um, I I like a game that really considers that the player might do something dumb and has a response to it.
2: Hmm. Um,
1: like in the the near games, like Near Automata, you you have. Uh, you can you can like unequip your your main like CPU from your character, and you just get a game over because you're like, well, that was an important thing. Your your robot needed that CPU, and then you just kind of die and you get one of the twenty six endings. So, um, Nier is also one of those games I think about choice that fits in with like Spec Ops as and even like Doki Doki Literature Club as a game about choice as yeah, opposed to just being a game with choices.
0: You know, I was reminded of Out of Nowhere the other day. Uh, I think it was Fear Two. Where at the start of the game, you're part of like this unit that's doing that sort of like a SWAT raid on a building that's got this like a fountain out front. Mm-hmm. And obviously, because it's a first person shooter, you can go anywhere. If you, if you like walk into the fountain, one of the characters gives you shit for it. But then I like that. Uh, like, he continues giving you shit for it throughout the course of the prologue. It's like you finally like regroup with the. With the uh, with the your aspersory meeting, and then the, and the same guy goes, "Sorry, main character wanted to have a bath first, apparently." <laughs> but this is like the only the only thing that gets they give you shit about. Yeah, it just feels weird.
1: That's really funny. That feels
0: like someone was like, "Well, I have a little bit of time, and
1: I have this idea, and I could probably implement this like myself or with one other person, so I'm going to do this."
0: Maybe that's how we got the horse poos in Dead Redemption 2
1: Exactly. Exactly. Those those nice, fully modeled testicles. Yes,
0: and developers with too much time on their hands.
1: <laughs> well, when your game, uh, when when GTA uh, Five sells more copies than every Final Fantasy game ever combined, uh, I guess oh. it's able to do that.
0: Danny Meter gives five euros to say. Telltale devs learned the consequences of choices were less important than showing that a choice has been made. Hence, the whole <laughs> X will remember that. Do you remember when those episodic Telltale games used to be just point-and-click adventure games and like yeah. unofficial sequels to point-and-click games and- that, uh, no, that uh, the original creators couldn't be bothered to make?
1: Yeah, yeah. Stuff like, uh, what, they had Sam and Max yeah, and they, they had did, they uh, did, they Back, Back to the
0: Future. They did a Monkey Island. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unofficial sequel. And then after a while, Telltale games just became the Choices Matter Except Not Really thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was the Especially Walking something Dead. like Game
0: of Thrones. I think it was The Walking Dead that changed things.
1: Yeah, know? and it was also just the story was just really good in The Walking Dead and it sort of, mm. especially for whatever, eleven, ten, eleven 10, 11 years ago whenever that was.
0: Scavenger gives $10 to say, one of the big choices I didn't realize was a choice for me was Walking Dead Chapter 5. There you go. Mm-hmm. When the kill the bad guy prompt showed, I was so angry at him I didn't realize I didn't have to do it. Yeah. There you go.
1: But I think that's good. It's like you didn't kill the bad guy because of the prompt. You killed the bad guy because you wanted to, because of, for story reasons, like you wanted to hmm. to get revenge. And so that's, I think that's a good choice.
0: King Dead 42 gives $5 to say, do post-credit story cards like Fallout 1 and 2 relate to this at all since there aren't gameplay consequences? I think... Hmm. Uh, it, well, it's always a feature that was missed when it wasn't in a Fallout game, wasn't it? Or yeah. Or a... Um... Uh, the other one whatever yeah because cause traditionally at the end of the game you get some like you get told what all the different characters did yeah, after you yeah. Finished, which felt like a nice payoff I mean they didn't even have to like do a big fully rendered cinematic showing at all it's just it's just knowing that it, that happened
1: yeah no I agree kind that's of nice this, it's especially it's kind if, of if you've invested in a lot of characters and a lot of decisions like, again, Dying Light 2 kind of does that with a couple decisions, where and then at the end of the credits, it's like, so-and-so happened, and this happened. And I'm like, well, I don't really care about that.
0: Dying Light 2 has a sort of uh, post-credit story cards yep. thing. Yep, yep, yep. Just to shout it out. Mm-hmm. Might as well. I mean, probably driving the algorithm at the moment.
1: Yeah, thanks, algorithm.
0: No Adjectives gives 499 to say, isn't Undertale a good example of choices mattering? Pass- pacifist stroke genocide are very different yet players when you do one don't feel like they missed out well that's a uh-huh. very unique example of course Yeah, but but, but yeah and it's because it's yeah. not a full-on AAA game that it could do two story paths that are completely different
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah and Undertale's another example of a game I would put in that same spec ops doki yeah.
0: uh, almost, near level You almost it's very nearly a troll game Undertale it's, yeah, uh, you and Jack talked about that a couple yeah. couple months ago, right? It just yeah. subverts everything one expects of an indie RPG. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Cadmon Alamer gives $5 to say, Ever heard of the Way of the Samurai games? Most of them are pretty short, but lets you see alternate choices faster. I don't believe I ever played any of those, no. Yeah,
1: I played those. I, I, I believe it started on the PS2. And yeah, that was an interesting... Um, that's another thing, is if a game has the ability to have these branching paths and to be able to see a lot of stuff, it's nice to be able to go back mm. to specific nodes on repeat playthroughs to be able to be like, well, I just want to see what this one decision would have made differently. Uh, and so games that allow you to do that, I think are pretty neat.
0: Uh, you were the sort of person who read Choose Your Own Adventure books with your fingers marking 500 different pages, just in case right. you were heading towards a bad ending. I'm just saying, <laughs>
1: just in case. Also, that was 100% me. Yes, absolutely. I think everybody did.
0: Yeah. Andrew Whitewinter gives $2 to say, what if I choose to donate $2 instead of $5? Well, the consequence is that we get three less dollars.
1: Yeah. But that was, that was clever. I well hope, done, Andrew. I
0: hope you feel satisfied, Andrew Whitewinter. <laughs> Gildon... Toffee. Toffee's not going to be able to eat today because of that $3. Yeah. Ironically, since he's named after a food. <laughs> <laughs> Geldon it member for three months on bonus content, says, are sufficiently advanced choices indistinguishable from emergent procedural narratives? Um, I mean,
1: the <laughs> sufficiently advanced choices would still be hand-authored, right? As yeah, opposed to yeah, emergent we were, procedural narratives? Yeah, are so. saying
0: emergent procedural narrative stuff is really in games where the story takes a back seat. So, yeah. no... But yeah. sufficiently advanced choices in a story-driven game would is has proved unworkable, or yeah. not, not really worth the effort.
1: Yeah, I am genuinely curious if like I don't know, like we were talking about the Ken Levine game, like maybe that does come out and completely change the way stories are be able are able to be told. Like I I have a hard time wrapping my head around that, but it'll be interesting to look at the medium and you know how much storytelling in it has sort of changed in the last ten or fifteen years and see where it is ten or fifteen years from now.
0: Well, I doubt it, but I'm a cynic.
1: Uh, wop
0: wop. I got a I got a painting in my dining room of Diogenes meeting Alexander cuz I'm such a cynic. <laughs> I love that Diogenes motherfucker. <laughs> the more you read about him, the more you fall in love. There you go. Kurt Horsting gives $10 to say funniest FG story twist is Louane in GBVS. Oh, God, this podcast needs a glossary. Where if he he wins, it shows him in bar framing the fight as something he made up, but every loss is the opponent confused why such a weakling tried to fight. Oh, fighting game story twist.
1: Yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy versus.
0: Yeah, none of us were going to know what the fuck that was, Kurt Horsting. No, I (laughs) should have just typed it out. <laughs> maybe there was a uh, maybe there's like a character limit. He was, at the, those, he was at the end. Those weeb fighting games always have the stupidest fucking names.
1: Uh, that is true. What's that yes. other one?
0: Melty blood. Ooh, I didn't like melty sandwich blood. Sandwich dinosaur ex-erd mm-hmm. tying climax mm-hmm. extravaganza. I don't like the blood being melty. I don't think the, the
1: blood should be melty.
0: I always get. I always think about menstruation when I hear that title. Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Uh, that's not something I want to be thinking about in you know mm. the general course of the day. No, but each their own. It's fine. It's natural. Uh, Catankerous B gives one a dollar. Thanks. Those and are then, my favorite kinds of dollars. And then Catankerous B uh, gets the welcome to tip jar message. Thanks for tipping. B. Pendragon gives $5 to say, I already know how to do this, followed by, but actually you don't. Feels like one of the worst cop-outs for a forced tutorial. See Legends Arceus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, know, you should always give the player a chance, an option to skip tutorial, because it might be their second playthrough. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love how they did that in Super Mario RPG, where uh, like a toad runs up to you being pursued by Goombas, saying, help, um, fight these things for me. Uh, wait, you know about timed hits, don't you? And if you say and if you say yes, the toad turns around and says, "See, he knows about timed hits. You better fucking watch out." And and the Goombas just leave. Yeah, because you scared them off. Yeah. See, if if Mario RPG
1: could do that twenty five years ago, then then Pokemon could do that now.
0: Well, it would require a certain amount of effort, and it seems there was quite a bit of there was quite a hard limit on how much effort Legends Arceus was prepared to put in. But you we'll what, leave when- that for the ZP review. When you're, when you're busy counting money, it's hard to put in effort. Scavenger, again, gives $10. To say, blimey, Scavenger bankrolls half the fucking side at this point. <laughs> it feels like if you want choices to matter, you need more rules people have to follow. I choose to skip work and skydive with an NPC gets you fired. Tough luck, the promotion path is closed. Deal. Uh, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, but then, again, that that is the... Uh, like we said, that just makes games infinitely expensive, and I think that's would anything ever get made if that was like the if you could actually go anywhere and do anything and that there were active consequences to it that being said it'd be very funny if you got fired from a job because you chose to go skydiving instead just in real life even funny.
0: i feel like a cool boss would understand
1: i had to see the gods i had to experience what life was like up
0: there <laughs> i've been skydiving have you been skydiving Ooh, i have not been skydiving no it's too high up there what are you talking about why am I going to go all the way up there? It's a lot of fun, if you it like that sort scary. of thing. I've been scuba diving, too. I I've, I always wanted, for many years, to do both kinds of diving, and now I have.
1: Hey, did you go straight from one to the other? Did you, like, skydive no, into, no, like, a no. lagoon? Okay.
0: I, I skydived years and years ago in Brisbane onto uh, where you land on the beach. Ooh, and that's uh, nice. I went scuba diving on my honeymoon just a couple of years back. There you go. Perfect. Two ambitions fulfilled. Make sure you get them in before you have kids. For Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> you can't just like put the baby in like a baby
0: Bjorn and go skydiving? Just like the front pack. Yeah. Um. Maybe you might end up with baby sandwich. splattered yeah. all down your front.
1: That's not good. Don't do that.
0: <coughs> Rod Hope give us $5 to say ideas for Starstruck. Hexagonal star map. More centrable. Selves, shelves, shelves-stroke-fridge that only holds boxes or food, and a visit-earth-side quest. Oh, don't you feature-creep me, Rot-Hope. I've been feature-creeping <laughs> enough already. Loki gave us 50 Swedish Krono to say, that guy who wanted d d as a game would probably like sleep his death. Two-player game with a DM update to the graphics and story after each action. Kay.
1: Is there an actual again? Is this an actual human DM? Because that's—it seems just like a
0: presumably in a very limited work. fashion.
1: Oh yeah, it, it looks like a, like an RPG Maker game.
0: Mappy one nine six four gives five dollars and says nothing. Strong silent Classic type. Mappy.
1: Classic Mappy.
0: Andrew Hickeybottom gives three pounds to say, "Don't mind me, just raising pizzazz awareness." Hell yeah, Andrew. Thank you. Or should I be pronouncing that pizza's?
1: No, it's. Uh, I really hope it's pronounced pizzazz because I've been saying pizzazz my entire life. If it's pizza's, then I'm in trouble.
0: Oh wait, I missed a couple. Of that. I don't know. Uh, my my scrolling game is out of whack. Uh,
1: I guy, think you just had pizzazz on the mind. Was the problem?
0: That guy you know, gets five dollars to say I'd like to make a Mad Libs game where you put in words and you could end up with saving your dog from an evil scientist who plans to conquer Mars. That was just scribble noise, wasn't it?
1: Oh my god, yeah, that was. That game of scribble knots was insane. I don't understand how that game worked.
0: Or, um, Drawn Together, was that it? No. Drawn Together? Um, yeah, that was the, you or you draw Was it Drawn Together? That was the cartoon, wasn't it? About the big brother with cartoon characters. Drawn to Life. Drawn to Life. Drawn to Life, that what was it. it. That was the game where you draw the characters yourself.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: Kurt Horsting gives two dollars to say the extra text would have been ten bucks. I see. Yeah. Andrew Whitewinter gives three dollars to say I have decided to give three dollars. Oh, you're a gent, Andrew Whitewinter. Oh, no, Andrew. Is that really your last name? Or were your parents really into Game of Thrones or something?
1: That would have been. I've, I've, that would have been incredible.
0: B.S. Marsh gives five dollars to say. How do you feel about Dragon Age's carrying choices from game to game? I like how making the good-nice stroke nice choice has painful consequences later. Well, I guess, you know, if you're really uh, buying into the Choices Matter thing, mm-hmm. that's that's all you can do. It does end up being pretty awkward a few games down the line where you have to fill in a fucking questionnaire if you can't just load your last save
1: yeah yeah to sort of tick off the boxes on all the big choices um, i really
0: i've really, i always really liked the choice in wolfenstein the new order this way you have to pick whereas just one choice you make at the start between two npcs uh, yeah it changes a bunch of things about the course of the game yeah but it sort of came back to haunt them for the next couple of games because you have to reiterate what choice you made at the start of each one
1: yeah yeah that could be that could definitely be a double edged sword. Um, mm. It is also interesting if you if it's a, a series of games like uh, Dragon Age that you could sort of workshop what a, a choice in the first game did years later. Like mm. you can kind of figure out is based on player data and, and and sort of critical reception and everything. So that's that's pretty interesting.
0: Well, We can do what Deus Ex did, which had multiple endings. But then when it came time for the sequel, they just made a plot where any of the endings happened. Or, or indeed, yeah. all of the endings happened.
1: Yeah, without having like a canonical.
0: Yeah, that's kind of yeah. wild. I mean, yeah, because in in Deus Ex, you can either give the world to the Illuminati, you can either mm-hmm. blow up the internet, or you can become the AI that controls the world. And uh, in the sequel, somehow all of those happened. The Illuminati is still in control, the world got slightly blown up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, J.C. Denton is merged with the AI.
1: Yeah, that's just a lot. That's just a lot. Yeah, yeah. a lot of business for us now.
0: Yeah, he must have had a busy night. Yeah, at the end of that game. <laughs> Donald Naberti gives twenty dollars to say donation to the Escapist Skydiving Fund. Thank you very much. Maybe we'll do Thanks it so when much. we all, when you all, when we've made enough money for us all to meet up and do Adventures Nigh live. Maybe we could all go skydiving afterwards.
1: Yeah, and one won't make it out alive because that's how, branching yeah.
0: stories. Or we work. could, or we could do the campaign while skydiving. There you go, just constantly going up. Yeah, and down. just sitting on a big, sitting around a big falling table. <laughs> Cody King gives five dollars to say love y'all. Keep all, keep yo the work. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, I see how you did that. Looking at my keyboard, I see how you did that. You wanted to say, keep up the work. up. Yeah. You pressed the keys directly to the left of U and P mm-hmm. and ended with the phrase, keep yo the work.
1: Sometimes when I, when stuff like that, uh, I, I realize what was going on. I feel like an actual detective. Like that probably made you feel more like detective than any video game ever.
0: You're like, ah, I understand what happened here. How can we create a video game based around this? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Andrew White Winter comes back again, with five dollars to say, "Yep, actual last name. Last name was Winter. Wife's was White, so we hyphenated. I'm hoping to name our firstborn John Snow White Winter." And here's five dollars. Well, uh-huh. well, I feel sorry for that poor bastard.
1: No, it'll be it'll be like one of those things how people like the Star Wars prequels now. By the time that happens. And people will come back around and and enjoy Game of Thrones
0: No one's going to come back around thinking (laughs) the ending of Game of Thrones was good, actually.
1: Hey, but like we said, it's all about the journey, not the destination, right?
0: Everyone who was named Khaleesi when they were born (laughs) before Game of Thrones went shit, uh, they are going to be hearing about that for the rest of their life.
1: (laughs) That's unfortunate.
0: Well, that was the last Super Chat. So yeah. I'm going to hastily wrap things up before we get any more so I, so I can piss off and get my lunch. <laughs> but of course, we appreciate all your super chats always because uh, it's what helps drive the site. It what <laughs> helps keeping us able to make the content we like instead of chasing algorithms. Exactly. So thanks for all of those and thanks to all the viewers and everyone who commented. I was Yahtzee Croucho. I was joined by Marty Sliver. Thank you so much for having me. So, stick around. The escape is this week because tomorrow is, of course, zero punctuation day. The subject will be Dying Light 2. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Because it seems that's all anyone can bang on about at the moment. Yeah, we'll just, that's right. Just that and the new Pokemon. And, of course, the post DP stream will be from 1 pm where I will play some Dying Light 2 with someone. Probably mm-hmm. not you, because you were on this one. and
1: I don't think we can't hang out twice in a week. You That's too
0: much. You can't selfishly hog the airwaves this much. That's way too much. Uh, what are you doing this week?
1: Oh, we have all sorts of stuff. Uh, later today, at uh, 3 p.m., so about an hour from now, uh, Casey and uh, Jesse are going to be back with a Hidden Gems with Aerial Knights uh, Never Yield, which is a very stylish uh, Endless Runner, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Central, we're going to have Breakout. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sifu, uh, what we love from the game. We're going we're to talk about difficulty in games, because God knows they like cracking open that one again. Oh, it's a tough uh, one, is Sifu. It is, it is a tough one. Uh, Casey beat it because he's good at games so good for Casey Um, Thursday we're going to have the uh, Dead Space 2 Let's Play finale with Casey and I will be finishing that game and then uh, Friday we're going to have our uh, Nick and Amy will be back playing Gears Uh, but I'm also very excited because we're going to have episode 2 of Design Delve uh, starting, it's going to be a later stream 5pm central Uh, Jmate and I are going to have uh, the creators of Unpacking on (gasps) to talk about unpacking that's a game you. you like
0: Talk shit about the mobile community while you're at
1: it. We will absolutely do that. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, it's at uh, 5 p.m. on Friday because it's it's hard uh, with J-Mate in the UK and with them in Australia, it is hard to find a, a comparable time for all of us. But yeah, oh, I'm really yeah. excited about that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Tell me about it. It's a pain in the ass yeah. figuring out <laughs> yeah. when we're going to record Adventure is Nigh with, with uh, Amy on the team.
1: Yeah, that is a, it's a very global campaign you guys have there. So but what are we
0: supposed to do? Play without Dabarella? Ain't nobody you wants can't. to do that. And ain't nobody going to watch that.
1: It'd be like Happy Days Without the funds. Exactly. No one wants that. Um,
0: all right. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of uh, unpacking, uh, my latest extra punctuation drops on YouTube on Thursday as well, which is on the subject of mobile games and why they all suck now. <laughs>
1: Rest in peace, mobile games.
0: So I think that'll be it uh gotta have our mandatory toffee time i suppose oh toffee time toffee you're up wake up (laughs) wake up you lazy git amuse them amuse them his ear was inside out (laughs) are you not entertained
1: are you not entertained
0: by my inside out ear? man toffee looks kind of buff (laughs)
1: <laughs> you ever noticed that been, just been real just crunching iron when you're not looking.
0: Yeah. Look yeah. at look, look at those pecs. Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the dog that kicks sand in the face of the other little dogs at the beach. <laughs> Watch out for this bruiser. Ah, <laughs> uh, incredible. Oh, I guess I should stop streaming now. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for being wonderful, chat. See you tomorrow.